I'm Dominic Laurie, and welcome to this latest episode of Global Thinking, the podcast from Kex CNC. The COVID-19 pandemic has made remote working the norm for so many people, so much so that in future where we'll likely see more flexibility on where employees work from and how an organization operates. Home working may remain widespread, and in the office, core working hours may shift to ensure social distancing. Now, some businesses may also look to decentralize and spread their workforce across multiple locations. While the pandemic has tested issues management teams, the challenge is now to look at other impacts on other risk factors. Now, one of those are one of the greatest of those being how remote working impacts cybersecurity and what organizations can do to mitigate this risk. And that's what we're going to be talking about today. And joining us to do so are David M., Principal Security Researcher at Kaspersky Labs, Hans Alnut, partner at DAC Beechcroft LLP, where he leads their award-winning cyber risk and breach response team, Raf Sanchez, International Breach Response Manager at Beasley, the international insurers, and Ben Curson, who's a partner at KexCNC, who specializes in crisis and cyber, and often where the two meet. Welcome, all of you. Um, a general question for all of you to start with, how will this new remote and home and dispersed working environment change the nature of cybersecurity and the risks surrounding it? David, I'll start with you. I think we're in the middle of a huge change. Obviously, we've got a sort of perfect storm going on here because lots of us forced to work from home. Um, at the same time, of course, we've got cyber criminals out there and other uh, targeted attackers as well and um, exploiting the whole topic of, of COVID-19, which of course everybody is interested in. So we've got this potential weakness of people working from home who don't necessarily have the same infrastructure that they have within the office um, and therefore potentially vulnerable to attack. Um, so we've got that all going on. And of course, we've got a situation where for many companies, particularly small and medium-sized businesses, they've really just been scrabbling to ensure business continuity and obviously cybersecurity not necessarily toppermost in their minds. Um, what I think will happen as we move forward, of course, is this will become part of the pattern of our working. Um, and my hope certainly would be there that cybersecurity becomes part of um, what's inbuilt into that strategy for, for dealing with that. So Hans Alnut, same question to you. From my perspective, we're already seeing some immediate trends on breach and cyber incidents. And that may play out in the medium to long term. It's interesting when you look at some of the attacks we've seen recently, some of, our, some of them are specifically COVID related, playing on employees' uh, goodwill, um, that sense of in it altogether. So to give an example of that, we've seen uh, phishing campaigns and email campaigns uh, where the attackers are getting trying to get money transferred to different bank accounts. And they've said things like, our Indian bank has now changed because of the COVID crisis. Please, can you transfer it into this bank account? And of course, everyone, again, in the current crisis is trying to be helpful. So we'll cut corners, not follow their internal procedures and say, yeah, absolutely, we're here to help you. And then lo and behold, they transfer the money to the wrong bank account. We've also seen within the organization uh, similar processes of trying to help in, in a moment of crisis. So employees using new software platforms or, or, or a colleague's software platform that they might not be trained up on um, in order to ensure that there is business continuity and 
things are still being done, but then using that software platform incorrectly and then causing a data breach. We've had, for example, marketing uh, software platforms being misused and transmitting communications to the wrong people. Raf Sanchez from Beasley, I guess you've got hands out highlighted two ingredients which do create a perfect storm, don't they, for, for potential cyber criminals. You have a changing environment where people suddenly don't know the rules and you've also got an environment where people are afraid. I mean, that's that seems a, a rich, rich pickings, doesn't it? You've all hit the nail on the head so far. And I think the one word that everyone has used is change. This is a rapid and involuntary change for many people and many organizations. And, you know, as an example, uh, you know, I've had the same haircuts for the last 20 years. Uh, there are certain things that I don't want to change. And working practices and approaches to security are some of those those things. And yes, there are opportunistic attacks now taking advantage of that inability to rapidly shift from one set of working practices to another. I think so, Dom. Yeah. Um, and picking up on what Han said, you know, there's there's a lot more opportunity for uh, f- for individuals, I guess, within uh, companies to make mistakes, which possibly they wouldn't do if they were in the office. You know, um, Hans highlighted a few, but, you know, phishing attacks. Uh, I've seen a few where, uh, you know, they purport emails purporting to be from uh, from HR departments saying, you know, click on this and log in so you can get our new policies or uh, click on this link if you want to see uh, to get access to some COVID testing kits or things like that. So th- there's new opportunities for people, particularly uh, when it comes to phishing. And I think from a comms perspective, although the response may not, you know, if a company is breached, the response may not be particularly different uh, in terms of um, how it was four months ago. Um, I would certainly think that the preparation needs to be a bit different because it's much more difficult uh, to um, t- to internally communicate uh, in the way that you would do if you're in the same place. And, and possibly the playbooks and crisis manuals that uh, companies have, especially, um, as David said, the, the smaller and mi- medium-sized ones, you know, they probably need updating to make sure that people can react appropriately when they're all not in the same place. David M from Kaspersky Labs. David, one thing that I find very interesting about working by myself at home, as I have done for a few months, and this is the same for lots of people, is we've all had to invent our own workarounds. You know, we're all our own IT department. We're using tools that perhaps, you know, let's face it, fall outside the normal secure systems of an office. That must that must create problems. Undoubtedly, it does. Um, I mean, I mentioned earlier, you know, that for many companies, this really represented a scramble really for business continuity. Their key thing was, can we keep going? Can we operate? And if that meant sending people off to the store before lockdown to grab a, a laptop or use the one that they're using at home, which isn't a work one, then so be it for many companies. Um, I mean, a a couple of months ago, we did a survey at Kaspersky of of people, this was global, just to find out how people were coping. And it was interesting that 50% of of the companies that we spoke to said they had no policy for regulating work from home devices. Um, And about three quarters of them said that, you know, they they had no additional security awareness program going on. Um, And therefore, in that sense, there's no steer for people at the sharp end having to work. Um, and obviously nobody on hand from IT, 
there to, to kind of guide them and, and, and help them along. Let's flip it and look positively forward. What can what can companies do? So they have a, a workforce that likes working, say, two, three days a week at least from home or another remote location. Um, they like the freedom that that gives them. What can a company do to allow that workforce to, to work more securely? I think that's the right way to, to think about it, Dominic. This is an opportunity for companies. This is an opportunity for companies to effectively use um, a, a an unscheduled change, a, a massive um, sea change in working practices to improve their cybersecurity. When people are working from some public Wi-Fi spot and they're out of out of sight, out of mind. How do you do that? You talked about the positive carrot of flexibility, Raf, but how do you then introduce systems that even improve security versus what it was before? Is, do those solutions exist yet? Companies or organizations generally are doing enough to educate people about the risk because I mean, I'm not, I'm not convinced that uh, there's a lot of uh, internal communications, for ex- example, going on or employee communications especially remotely, where people are actually aware of some of the things that we've been talking about already this morning. Yeah, I think those are both great points. Uh, To Dominic's point, training, awareness and getting staff members on side is much cheaper than dealing with an incident and much cheaper than spending your entire IT budget on various pieces of software and, you know, boxes in your server rooms that make blinking lights. What is a good news story is that I think there will be a shift from organisations to actually um, office working, local working will be the exception. And if you're building new IT platforms, if you're rolling out new IT security, everything will be mobile first, remote first. So therefore you design your systems, you roll things out with the fact that everything will be remote. How does this new remote decentralised environment make that a harder task to to overcome because that's difficult enough when everyone's in a war room in some headquarters somewhere off a dual carriageway but if there are 50 people in 50 different places surely I would have thought that becomes even more difficult. There is definitely a difference between an online Zoom meeting and people sat around a table and you can see that day in day out people are less vocal, less interactive and and typically might have been doing two things at once. so, so there is a downside to it, but I think generally speaking, on, on crisis, people are, are responding in different locations. So it's not a huge difference to the the actual mechanism of of, of a crisis. I think that's a good point, Hans, because uh, I think you do have to be able to be flexible, and you do have to now plan for people to be, um, you know. Um, joining remotely, able to only participate via audio. You know, they may be multitasking. I'm making a Pavlova as we're doing this podcast. So, you know, you have to be able to have those skills, you know, in the new environment. I know, Ben, that we've we've been working at KCNC on um, a remote version of our crisis simulation, the Situation Room. Um, and how has that changed the ability to prepare for a crisis? Yeah, I think I think we have to prepare. I mean, there's a lot of um talk about you know the new normal uh, probably more talk than there should be about it but i think people being remote you know is, is a fact that we're all going to face as as the rest of the team have said and uh, and i think having this remote capability for for practicing remotely is important i mean we used to as you know don we used to do a lot of uh, tabletop exercises um have people all in the same room 
but there's a there's a school of thought which is completely fair enough and I think has been borne out over the last four months that actually in reality uh, even before this crisis you know senior people in organizations were not always in the same place do you think that a, a, a remote decentralized workforce possibly could have a greater potential to speak up and blow the whistle if they're not intimidated by the senior voice in the room as they might have been before? I think that has a lot to do with the culture um, of the particular organisation. It's certainly a positive thing. I mean, one, one thing certainly uh, I think is, is always potentially dangerous is where you have draconian policies which run the risk of driving underneath, under the table, things that go wrong. And, and actually what you want is people say, this, is, this has happened um, without thinking, well, there's going to be a disciplinary here. You know, culture has a, a big thing to do with that. You know, we're not looking for a change in how you do this or that necessarily. We're looking actually for a mindset which thinks about uh, potential danger in the same way that we try and teach our children to cross the road or not walk off with strangers. Um, Hans Alnut at DAC Beechcroft. What would you say, what would your advice to companies, your clients be to do now that they weren't doing before? The greatest thing that's going to come out in the medium to long term is a lot of security vulnerabilities based on rapidly acquired software or workarounds or things that have been put in place. So I think companies should be looking at their sort of a health check on what they've put in place from a technical perspective over the last um, four months and um, ensuring that any vulnerabilities or um, you know, the, the bits that they didn't do three months ago to get the software in is addressed. Um, ben Kirsten from KexCNC, what, what would you say are, are, are one or two communications points that, that companies, clients should be implementing, putting into action just even thinking about that they weren't a few months ago? I think um, making sure that you're prepared for the new situation you're likely to find yourself in is, is you know, very important, uh, however you are able to do that. And I, and I think the other thing, uh, which is picking up on what David said, is this culture point is a very important one. I, I think practically for me, uh, it would be probably thinking about your employee engagement and uh, and making sure that as best as possible, your employees are aware of the risks uh, that remote working can provide. Raf Sanchez at Beasley, what one or two things would you ask companies to do, advise them to do? I would advise them to understand that this change is, is permanent now, that you know the old working practices are no longer viable. And as Ben has said, engage with their staff and help them to understand what is expected of them but how this can actually help them. There are positives, as we said, about you know, previously inflexible working practices and environments. So for me, it's, it's adapt to this change. Um, you know, don't try and fight it. And uh, in that way, you will ensure that you are you know, head of the pack in, amongst your peers. Thank you very much, everyone. David M. from Kaspersky Labs, Hans Alnut from DAC Beechcroft, Raf Sanchez at Beasley, who was making a pavlova as he was speaking to us, which is at multitasking. I'm not sure how good or bad that is for cybersecurity. Um, and Ben Kirsten, partner at KexCNC. Thank you very much. And do uh, visit our website, kexcnc.com, for all the other episodes of our podcast series, Global Thinking.